Welcome back, everyone, to the fifth episode. No, I think the sixth episode, right? Yep, sixth episode now. Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Daily Podcast, which is known as... Did you finalize the name, Jima? Can we announce it? We're, we're going with the Forgettables for now. We're going to okay, stick to so it. For now, the name is the Forgettables, where we talk about our experiences in building a podcast. And we are on the journey. So are you with us if you're fortunate or unfortunate enough to listen to this episode. So today we're going to talk about inviting over guests and asking the right questions in, in the short amount of time that we have with specific guests, you know. And one thing is very important to understand that when you we talk about guests, you know, it could be our friends or it could be someone that's a big personality. So there's always going to be a different aspect of how you would time and ask your questions to someone who you know personally versus someone who you don't know, but you want to know more about them and you want the audience to know more about them at the same time. And just a disclaimer, I'm panting or my breath is short because I'm walking. So that's why there's no, there's no uh, worry for that. So yeah, so let's, let's get right into it, Rafi. Yeah. So so it was an interesting thing that happened today is uh, we had the we had the MMA fighter Abdul Kareem Al Salvadi uh, on my podcast as my guest and he's Sheikh Omar Salman's brother-in-law too for those of you who don't know but anyways he's a pro pro MMA fighter he started off when he was seventeen and he has a really big career going on right now he just fought recently as well so one thing we noticed me and my host co-host Tal Hajavid is that we had a lot of questions that we didn't ask him. And because, and the reason for that being, he only had about a 45 minute window. And I guess it's, you can't really specify or tell a guest, you know, hey, you, I mean, some interviews, like some pre, uh, I would say pre-recorded or pre, um, I don't know the right word, Chima, but it's like, you know how there are certain interviews and stuff that people do that hey you know we're going to talk about this in this segment you got five minutes to answer this blah blah, blah. stuff like that so i think in that setting you're better off with understanding how much the guest is supposed to speak but in this setting well where we let the guest speak freely we realize that for every question that we asked somebody he gave a really long answer and he kept talking kept talking kept talking so i had to like you know find the right moment without cutting him off to throw my next question at him and even then it was just like every answer he would give it would be so long that I had to make sure that I was jumping on to my next question because he was giving so much detail that I was losing my trail of thought as like how to transition into the next question so I think uh, if it was like a friend of mine if it was you or someone else then I'd be like uh, hey you know what let's keep it like you know keep it right straight to the point uh, so we can cover more questions at a given time. But I think since it was the person that we didn't know, he's a pretty pretty big name and pretty well known. It was kind of, I didn't know how to navigate that. And I just let him do his thing. But alhamdulillah, we were able to cover the questions that we needed. But then we did realize that there were a lot more uh, other questions that we could have asked. So what, do, what has your experience been, Chima, with the people that you've had on so far? in terms so, of timing and yeah. how you, yeah. Yeah, here's my perspective. 
Uh, number one is that you're not your job on the podcast is not to ask the questions that you have listed. It's to provide value to your audience. So sometimes like you'll prepare a whole bunch of questions and you actually, the conversation goes in a different direction and you have to just pivot and kind of go with it. So if you have this constant thing of like, oh, I need to ask this, I need to ask this, then the quality of the conversation will go down, right? But if you can understand, and what I generally do is I had this one, the first guest we had, we had like two people on at the same time and we didn't make it clear to them what the point was. And so they kind of just went on their own conversation and stuff like that. <laughs> what we ended up doing is before, uh, like we invited the next person on, we were like, look, this is the point of this podcast. We're not just having a discussion for the sake of having a discussion. We want to hit these points. This is what we were thinking. And this is the direction we want to go. And then we have that conversation before the actual podcast. And then during the podcast, they already know that, hey, we're trying to discuss this topic and so these are the people that are listening and this is how i should frame the the converse the the answer to the question so kind of giving the the guest context to who's listening and how they should kind of frame their answers helps is what i would say and the the second thing is that if the conversation is going in another direction you you just go with it right just like let it go where it's going and and play along and uh and just try to extract the gems from what they're saying and keep because you're there your job as the interviewer is to ask the questions that'll get them to open up right and and the idea is if you have a quality guest them opening up and sharing their experiences will bring a lot of value to the listener again it's always about the listener right and so just because you had a certain idea of what you need to ask and they went in a different direction doesn't mean that you can't extract value out of their direction Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no. So, yeah, that's a good point that you made because, okay, so one thing what I do is I always send my guests the questions beforehand, right? And if they have any issues or they have like, you know, don't ask, blah, 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 you know, but so far, nothing has had like that and people have been okay with it, right? And second thing is I'm not talking about cutting off the people because I don't do that. I don't do that. Like, I don't like change the topic off in a way where it's like, hey, you're deviating off topic, take the topic, you know? Every question that we have is framed in a way that even if the guest goes real, even if the guest goes a little bit off topic, it's still relevant to what we're trying to provide the listeners value from, you know? So, yeah, but again, again, like your job is not to ask, go through your whole list of questions. It's not to check the box that I got through all my course, questions. It's yeah, literally no. the only purpose, the reason why you exist should be. I need to provide this person value, not, not the person that's, not the person that's uh, on the podcast, but the person that's listening. So definitely, definitely. You, you frame it back to, okay, I didn't get through. I only got through one question, even though I had 10 of them, but mm -hmm. did this episode provide value to the end user? If the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter if you had 60 questions, you can always invite them again. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, no, of course. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's a, that's a very valid point you bring up because, what happened that I've realized in the past few episodes with my guests is that like, even though we have these questions laid out, sometimes when we ask them one question, they answer in a way that it covers multiple questions, you know? So we're not going to obviously, you know, reiterate and be like, hey, you just said this, but I want to ask you this again. So I think it's, 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 it's kind of like what I've learned is that 
questions can be questions, but they're most likely that your answers that the guests give is uh, they will most likely cover the other questions as well. And at that point, what happens is that me and Tomha, when we are in these conversations, we go off tangent and then we develop on spot more knowledgeable, more discussion based questions that we didn't even think about because now we're dwelling into the other uh, valuable components that these guests are bringing to us, which is relevant to what we're talking about in that episode as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking right now. But, are you no, asking I'm, something or are you just saying? But I'm saying that like, it's something that I've learned that, that I, so I think for the audience, the, the key lesson here would be that the, the people who are listening to this, so who, if they ever listen to this again, is that, as Chima mentioned, and I've learned myself is that you may have your set of questions, right? You may have your own set of questions. You may have your own list of topics that you want to cover. But if the person that you're bringing is an expert in that field or in that area, so you will ask them one or two questions and they will most likely cover because, you know, the broad spectrum of information that they have is that they may actually cover the other questions. So don't be like, oh, what do I ask them now? <laughs> this dude already covered like my 10 questions. What do I do now? You have to go along with the conversation. You have to have more questions and more uh, important, not important, I would say, more in-depth conversations come out of the current conversation that you're having that were not planned. And I think that's the beauty of podcasting and recording and interviewing people is that you never know what their experiences are. You never know what their, what their side of the story is. And when they start telling you, you start thinking that, oh, you know what, you're right. And I can relate to this and the audience can relate to this. So why don't you touch on this side of this, this side of this topic now that you covered one side. So that's just my message to the, to the audience, the people that have listen to this. <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's two general perspectives you can have when you're interviewing someone. Like there's one extreme where you do a lot of research and you have set questions that you want to ask and you you're like it's like almost scripted robotic where like i have to get through these questions the other extreme is that you don't prep at all uh, and then you just kind of come and have a conversation right uh, now on one extreme let's start with the over prepared and not like leaving anything open is like mm -hmm. you're not actually having a conversation you're just waiting for your turn to ask the next question and that's not a really good like people don't want to listen to that it doesn't sound good it just seems like, okay, you asked the question, now he gave an answer, now you're going to the next one. You know what I mean? It's not like, it doesn't flow right. And it sounds scripted and it, it doesn't come off good. Uh, now the next extreme is the not preparing at all and just kind of having, like being present in the moment and just kind of trying to extract as much as you can get out of that. Now, if you are someone that really knows what you're talking about and you are a good conversationalist, and like you just do a little bit of background research, like, okay, let, let's assume that you don't have any of that, right? Let's say you're just going and you're winging it. Now, you're going to ask some really dumb questions. Now, uh, the example that I can think of off the top of my head is when Seinfeld went on the Larry King live show, uh, for, the, for those that are listening, if you know Larry King, uh, he never would prep for his stuff. He just kind of wung it. And his 
assistant or whatever would give him like a one page summary of the guest coming on and then he would just wing it right is it Joe so like sorry just uh, i don't know thing. about Joe Rogan. but uh it, it does seem like joe rogan is a similar style right i don't yeah. think he has the time to research all this stuff and he does so many he does like an episode daily so i i really doubt that he's researching everyone right. uh but regardless the downside to that style is when larry king had seinfeld on larry king like asked him like was your show canceled and like seinfeld was like dude are, are you joking right now like <laughs> like I'm, I'm the most successful show on the on the on tv right now like i i quit i left like this was out of my own volition do you even do your research like do you <laughs> know and he was like actually offended right um and it was just like you're gonna have super dumb questions that come out even if you look at like joe rogan it's like some of the questions he's asking is just like dude like why are you wasting this person's time asking questions like this but that's like how he is and that's the style that they're going for now i think you need to have a, a good balance right you need to know what you're talking about you need to know do your research uh enough to the point where like you know exactly where you want the conversation to go but then on the day of don't have any of that like don't read off that like have it on the back like have it somewhere but let the conversation goes where it goes because if you're prepared enough you're gonna actually like you'll have those points in your mind and if they are if they fit somewhere in the conversation they'll fit but if they don't the conversation will still be good because you were prepared, you did your research on the person, you asked the right questions, and you extracted the right type of information, the right type of knowledge and wisdom that you were trying to get out of them. Now, uh, that's, that's what I would say to you is like, don't over-prepare to the point where you feel like you have to ask certain questions. Like, you have to be ready at any given moment to actually throw up all the research you did and just throw it away, right? Yeah, no, like, that's, that's, a very good, uh, that's a very good point that you just made because I actually had the had that one moment in the podcast today that okay so i knew that that abdul kareem he's he's very well known in the in the MMA industry in the in that area and like you know a lot of world champions a lot of big name fighters know him but of course i mean how am i gonna know what level of closeness he has to these people right so he had a, he had a jiu-jitsu match this weekend and uh one of one of big names in the ufc uriah hall was there in his corner apparently right but the way i framed it i was like oh yeah you met uriah hall over there too and he's like and i don't know i hope he didn't get offended i don't think he did but if he did he was like he's like no no, no i didn't meet him he's like uriah hall's my boy he was in my corner i was like yeah yeah that's what i meant you know like you're up there with, with those people <laughs> i was like i think you guys are about to know how close you're with that guy you know but yeah yeah like i think having research it may be difficult. I mean, like I said, in my case scenario, it's hard to say, but like at least having some kind of concrete research that you can at least bounce back off is very important when conversations go this way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when, when it comes to like your podcast, for example, like fitness stuff, you should already know about, like you already have enough knowledge to speak to that without any notes or anything. Right now, mm -hmm what you got to do is like the fitness stuff you shouldn't need to worry about at all when you have a guest on what you're trying to do is just figure out okay what fitness knowledge or, or information can i get from this person Absolutely. right and you you have to approach it through the lens of like you're the student and i'm trying to learn as much as i can from this person and then in the process since it's recorded 
you know, anyone that listens will also benefit. But if you have that mentality that, hey, like I'm just here to learn, then you will you will keep growing. Number one, as a as like a fitness person, you'll also keep growing and you can provide more value in your regular podcast because you're learning every time you do an interview. And number two is that the people that are following along will also learn because they're listening to the interview as well. So uh, it's a win-win scenario that uh, you have. And uh, that's something that I, I always do like selfishly, you know, when I'm always reaching out to these people for my interview, I'm selfishly, first of all, like, hey, man, this guy comes like, I'm going to ask him some of these questions that I want to know myself. And I'm pretty sure if this, this is something that I want to know, then there's the audience that's listening to my podcast will definitely want to know as well. So I think that's a very good point that you brought up that, like, have an open mind, have a, have a learning mentality from every single person, no matter who it is. It may be a friend. It may be uh, someone that, you know, someone that you my thing has not has not much experience as you, but at the end of the day, if there's someone that you look up to or you have the potential to learn and that you're inviting, then they're definitely, definitely going to teach you something that you didn't know before. Yeah, and I think the good thing is you have a co-host, so you can have one person that's like, you can have both extremes. You know what I mean? Like you can have one person that does all the research and is ready and all that stuff. And you have the other person that literally just goes in blind. And you can kind of play both of those a little bit better. But yeah, uh, that's, that's up to you guys how you do that. Yeah, I don't know if Talha, you're going to listen to this. But if you are, you're the person that goes extreme on research. And I'm the person that goes with all the research and all the work. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Anything uh, will happen today? Mm, nothing actually tomorrow. I want this is world. I'm supposed to give like a like a five minute or something before we're staff meeting and helping him. I don't, I'm still trying to figure out what topic to talk on. Oh, nice, nice. So you're looking for a branding person for that meeting? No, no, no. So for that, yeah. So we have a staff meeting next week. It's a week long thing, twelve to five every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to get someone who's like a brand strategists, you know, like how can they market it? I mean, I know there, there, there are a couple of non-Muslims who are doing this, but preferably you want to get a Muslim person so they can relate to, you know, the Muslim audience and Muslim building. It's different kind of. That's yeah. What... yeah, being but, Muslim would help, but like at the same time, like they should know, like a brand strategist would know. Like it's not like being Muslim or non-Muslim is going to really make that much of a difference, I feel. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I was I was like, well, you have this person. They're like, preferably Muslim. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, what about you? You had a, how was your, uh, you want to talk about your uh, financial advisor meeting? No, no. So uh, I just, um, what, I'll, what I will say is like, this is the first time in, I, I think, it's been two and a half years I've been working at Amazon. It's the first time I've had a snow day. And uh, it's not like we had a snow day because, you know, the roads are too bad. We can't get in that kind of thing. The snow day was because we actually, the, the, we couldn't get enough trailers to the actual warehouse. Right. We um, like the, a lot of backup. What was that? A lot of orders probably back, uh, back order. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of units missed. Like uh, it's, it was a lot, but they did it early enough where I think a lot of the orders were able to redecide to different warehouses and kind of ship out through there. But 
and definitely like thousands and thousands just uh, are not going to be getting to the person on time. That's what happens. It's like once you're, what's crazy is, uh, here's what I'll say. So I've been taking an AWS training. And one of the things they talk about is load balancing. So for the people that are not familiar with AWS, AWS is Amazon Web Services. Essentially, what Amazon did was they created a giant server farm. And this server farm is so big that uh, they're like, hey, man, we have all these extra servers. Why don't we rent out this stuff? So uh, essentially, they started renting out server space to companies. And now, uh, you know, cloud is a well-known uh, term. And, you know, it's well-known in the tech space. Like every company has their own cloud computing solutions and stuff like that. Apple has their own thing. Microsoft has their own thing. Google has their own thing. There's a bunch of other companies out there, but Amazon is like the biggest player in this space. And so this term load balancing, what it does is that, uh, let me give you an analogy. So if I have a coffee shop and I have 10 people that come in and I only have one cashier and I have one barista, like person that makes the drink, okay? Now, the problem is those 10 people are going to, nine people are going to wait in line while that one person order it. Now, what you can do is you can hire two more cashiers and you hire two more baristas to make drinks and you can start taking multiple orders at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in a physical space, doing that is going to be cost intensive. And then like when you hire these two people, when the 10 people are done and you don't have demand anymore, you're going to have to keep them there. They're going to sit there. You know what I mean? Like it's just cost intensive. Now, virtually speaking, if I have a website that's hosted on a server, and I have, you know, 30 people trying to access it. Uh, but I only have like this small server space and it can't handle that load. What you can do is you can quickly scale up. And so now the people that were in line at cashier one can now go to two, three, four, get the information they want, and then kind of go, you know, leave the, be on their way. Now, virtually server space, you can scale up and scale down like instantaneously. It's actually pretty cool. Like you can kind of, essentially scale your, scale your coffee shop up based on how many people are coming in and you scale it down. That's what's mm -hmm. called load balancing. And so what's interesting here is that I already, we already use the word load balancing in the warehouse network as well, like the actual physical warehouse uh, network we have. And so I think today was a really good example of load balancing where orders are coming in to our Romulus facility. Mm -hmm. Now, we were like, hey, we can't handle this stuff. So like this cashier went down, for example. Like, so now those people that were in line for the cashier at Romulus, now they go to other lines. Now Columbus is helping out Cleveland, Grand Rapids. Now they're helping out getting those orders out. And that's mm -hmm. uh, what we call load balancing. And for the word of the day, I guess we'll call it, is load balancing. That's uh, a pretty cool concept that I learned about AWS. And I realized that we also use that in um, our, our actual warehouse network. And for the audience that's listening, the, the key takeaway here is that like when you have demand coming in, you need to be able to scale up to serve that demand. And if you're not, then people are going to be waiting. And nowadays people hate waiting. Like back in the day, you can get away with like, you know, hey, wait time, slow internet. And nowadays yes. you can't, right? So it's important that you have some plan in place for when demand scales up, how you're going to serve your customers.
right? What, whatever space you're in, you got to be thinking about that. And if you're not, when you do, if you ever get to that high, higher demand, then you're going to suffer a loss of trust with your customers and, and unhappy customers. So uh, just something to think about. But uh, yeah, that's what I learned from my, my snow day at work. <laughs> that's good. So you're working from home today? Yeah, I was yeah. working from home. I did like, did like a training and answered some emails and did some reports. But <laughs> a chillest day for you. Yeah, it was the uh, I'm a chill day. So, uh, just just the thing because you mentioned that with the coffee shop, <laughs> that's so funny that you mentioned that because that has been having that has been an issue at one of the I'm not gonna name drop at one of these bubble tea places here in Michigan where they opened up i think sometime last year during covid i think yeah and uh they have these really really like really like special item that's only sold there at their franchise mm -hmm. but every time people go there their machine's broken down it's a very expensive machine okay apparently and it's a very popular item that everyone wants to have it but every time they customers go there the machine is broken down. My wife was there the other day and she was like, uh, the machine wasn't working and they didn't, and this was Valentine's Day, right? And uh, uh, the, the machine wasn't working and their customers were mad and they didn't, apparently they didn't have enough staff. So suddenly there's like a bunch of people who worked there showed up in like, in like not their work outfit. They were all like, dressed up. I don't know, they were on a date or something. I don't know. They said, like called the mm -hmm. to come into work. But it's crazy, like, if you're not able to meet customer demands or, like, address that load, then your business is not going not gonna to work. Yeah, yeah. And I think when it's really easy to understand that when we're using a physical example, like a coffee shop or something where you can see it. Uh, and people don't realize that our applications and websites and stuff like that are, are essentially, like, the same thing, right? People are coming to our website or whatever application we have trying to get something, right? And we have to have that same kind of uh, readiness to scale. Like we saw Robinhood last year when COVID hit went down because they weren't ready to scale. Uh, we've seen other companies as well. Like I think Zoom did a really good job of as soon as COVID hit, they were able to, you know, they're on AWS and they were able to quickly, very quickly scale to the increased demand, like, very quickly. I don't, I don't know of any stories of Zoom actually going down or anything like that. And that's because they were in a position where they quickly worked with Amazon to actually expand the amount of storage space they're using, uh, server space they're using. And so just uh, whatever space you're in, understand that concept and really try to apply it in whatever capacity that it makes sense. So that's something that I would have thought, like when I was in AWS, I thought like, okay, this concept is going to be uh, specifically for just like you know server space but it's like it's applicable everywhere you know what i mean like you need to make sure that you're keeping your load balanced it's pretty simple but um and i think we can just close off on that note by relating it to how it plays a role into podcasting is i think in my opinion how this process plays a role into podcasting is like like as your audience increases so will their demand there will be a point where your podcast will no longer be just a podcast that you, you know, like people are going to be like, okay, we're listening to this guy. Now we want more from him. 
and we want him to put out resources, put out articles, put out videos, make content, you know, bring more people, this and that. So I think when, when you're in this, when we were talking about this, people like us were in this podcast space, we have to keep in mind that once we start getting more demand, we need to have, uh, we need to have things in place which will allow us to accommodate the increase in demand and at the same time, satisfy those demands while growing and producing more content as well. Yeah, I think um, what I will say here is that when you're small, it's really easy to respond to every DM and every message you're getting. But as you continue to scale, uh, that can be tougher and that gets lost in the weeds. But that's really something that's very important. You got to make sure that you're responding whenever a listener or a potential customer is reaching out to you. You need to be there and responding. So whether that means you have to hire some customer service people or social media people that run that, or you make time yourself, it has to be done, right? And so just think about that as you're growing your uh, brands. Absolutely, totally. So thank you so much guys for tuning in and we hope you have a good night and we'll see you guys next time.